This is Beach Weekly. You are listening to Season 12, Episode 5 of Beach Weekly, a podcast created and produced by Long Beach State's student-run newspaper, The Daily 49er. It's Monday, February 26th, and we're here with you on your walk to class, giving you the news you need to start your week. I'm your host, Leigh Madrigal. Keep listening to learn more about FAFSA delays, the approval of the CFA tentative agreement, and more. Today, February 26th, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the USU Ballroom C is a Blossom in Bloom event where students will celebrate spring by making floral crafts. There will be a lay-making workshop where students will learn how to make floral necklaces and free snacks and refreshments will be provided while supplies last. An event called Career Insights for Black Students will be presented by the Career Development Center where guest panelists will speak about their career journeys. It will take place via Zoom on Tuesday, February 27th from noon to 1 p.m. You can register for the online event on the Events and Orgs app. This Wednesday, February 28th from noon to 1 is Zen Yoga at the Japanese Garden. Attend for an hour-long session of beginner yoga in an outdoor environment. You are welcome to bring your own yoga mat or use a mat provided by the class. The class is free for students, $10 for garden members or CSULB staff, and $15 for non-members. Now, here's some campus news. Today we have Lindsay Tolls, a news assistant with the Daily 49er, as a guest speaker to discuss delays in this year's FAFSA procedures. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So what's the deal with FAFSA this year? I know that a new FAFSA form was released, but I'm not exactly sure why. Could you explain why FAFSA decided now is the time for a new form? Yeah, so anyone who has filled out the FAFSA before knows um, that it can be an incredibly difficult process. Mm -hmm. The FAFSA has always been a point of confusion for many students and parents because it required students to put in their parents' tax information, dredge up a lot of old tax forms. And so this new form was introduced by FAFSA in an effort to simplify that process. So with the new form, there are fewer questions. And this time, students don't have to input parent tax information on their own. The IRS will import that tax information to the FAFSA. Um, All that's required is a FAFSA ID. So that is the purpose of the new form and why that new form was introduced, just to make the process um, simpler and more user-friendly. So how is the new form affecting everyone? Is it bringing problems, benefits? Just how is it going so far? So despite its good intentions, the new form has been rocky. It's been a rocky rollout. So to understand some of the problems that the new FAFSA has, we have to look at that rollout. So typically the form is released in October every year, but this year because of the new form, it wasn't released until December of 2023. And it was soft launched uh, by the federal government, which meant that the form was only accessible a few minutes every day, and then it would shut down, glitch out, um, log students out. And it wasn't until January 8th that the form was made live 24-7, five days a week, and most students were able to actually access it. So from October to January, that's a significant delay. Um, so as well as you know that rocky rollout and the technical glitches, The biggest issue has been 
students whose parents don't have social security numbers. This new form does not allow students whose parents don't have social security numbers to complete the form. You have to input a social security number. And so this impacts a huge number of students whose parents might have mixed status, might be undocumented, and they're having um, a harder time navigating the new form, despite it being objectively easier to complete. Okay, so it sounds like there's a lot of problems with this new FAFSA form. Is there a plan in place to make things more understandable for users and sort of simplify the process for the coming years? So this is a developing story. The U.S. Department of Education is updating the form as these problems come up. So again, for students with undocumented parents, um, they're expected to have some sort of solution in early March. But um, as far as we can tell, the U.S. Department of Education, the federal government is learning about the new form at the same time that the students are. So it's a learning curve for both the people trying to fill out the FAFSA and the Department of Education. It does seem like the Department of Education is attempting to fix things that come up in the form as they come up um, that they might not have been prepared for before releasing that form. So with all these complications and with everything up in the air, when is FAFSA due this year? So the due date for the FAFSA differs depending on where you look and what school you're planning to go to. So there are deadlines on the school, state, and federal level. So it's all really relative to where you live and what school you're planning to go to. But the financial aid director at CSULB, um, his name is Director Nicholas Novello, he made it clear that for students at CSULB, the priority deadline is April 2nd. So if you are a current student at Cal State Long Beach or a transfer or an incoming student, you should really try to get that FAFSA in by April 2nd. And again, that is a that is a later due date um, than previous years because of the the delay in the rollout. The CSU and the UC systems have pushed their admissions deadline to May fifteenth because of all the delays that people are experiencing with completing the FAFSA. And with those delays. Some universities are not going to be able to send students their federal aid packages until late March, early April. So that is going to impact how students make their decision on what school to go to. So that is why the UC and the CSU has pushed back their admissions deadline. And are there any specific resources available to students that can help make FAFSA more understandable for this year? Yeah, the CSULB Financial Aid Office has a FAFSA simplification page on their website. That page breaks down the new FAFSA form, its challenges, and also provides advice on how to fill it out. Director Novella also told me that the Financial Aid Office is currently open, handling calls, and is open to receiving appointments from students who may have questions about the FAFSA form. So for any students that are struggling with the FAFSA form, especially this year, I would recommend going to the CSULB Financial Aid Office because 
they are aware of all the problems that the new form is causing. They're aware of, they've handled the type of calls that um, a majority of students are calling in for and are having problems with. So that is the best place to receive help. That wraps this up. Thank you for joining us this week, Lindsay. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. A group called Students Against Tuition Hikes will protest the CSU system's tuition increase outside of Brotman Hall on February 28th at 12.15 p.m. The group was founded in August 2023 after a vote for the tuition increase took place on September 13th, 2023. CSU tuition is set to increase by 6% each year for five years, starting in the 2024-2025 to school year. The tuition increase was approved in an effort to close a $1.5 billion budget gap in CSU funding. It is projected that the increase will bring $840 million over the five years. Executive Vice Chancellor and Chief Financial Officer for the CSU system, Steve Rellier, says that students whose tuition is paid for by non-loan financial aid will not be affected by the tuition hike. He says that the revenue generated by the tuition increase would increase financial aid by $49 million. Last Monday, 76% of California Faculty Association members who voted approved the tentative agreement reached by the CFA and CSU system. Once the CSU Board of Trustees approves the agreement, its terms and conditions will take effect. The next trustee meeting is March 24th through March 27th, but CFA members have urged trustees to arrange a sooner meeting to implement the agreement's conditions as soon as possible. We'll finish with some major headlines from around the world. Last Wednesday, some American student loan borrowers received an email saying that their debt was canceled. About 153,000 borrowers' debts were erased by the Federal Education Department, coming to a total of about $1.2 billion of debt erased. Debt was canceled for people who borrowed $12,000 or less, have been paying off loans for at least 10 years, and are enrolled in the Biden administration's repayment plan called SAVE. SAVE stands for Saving on a Valuable Education. The plan was originally set to cancel debts in July of 2024, but repayments have been made about six months early. The United Nations Security Council voted last Tuesday for or against an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Of the 15 Security Council members, 14 voted in favor of a ceasefire, while only the United States voted against. The U.S. claimed that a ceasefire would interfere with the release of hostages taken from Israel. The ceasefire proposal could be taken to the UN General Assembly next, where all 193 UN member nations would vote on it. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beach Weekly. And a special thank you to our editor, Julia Goldman, and our producers, Elle Nicklin and Aidan Swanepoel. As always, if you want to read up on some of the stories covered today, along with so much more, you can head over to our website, daily49er.com. And to make sure you're up to date with everything that happens on the Long Beach State campus, you can follow our socials at Daily49er. We appreciate you listening and you'll hear from me again next week.